So this is a new year. We are kicking it off as, if you haven't noticed yet, this is New Year's Day, by the way. <laughs> new year, right? We are kicking off a new series, right? And this series uh, is titled, Why We Do What We Do. And so, again, it's probably fairly obvious, right? We are looking at our church's vision and mission statement, at, at our core values, at why we do what we do. Why do we have service? Why do we have small groups? Why do we have, you know, classes like Financial Peace or young adult group, and why do we do many vikes, and, and why do we do all the things that we do? And, and again, this is a, an opportunity, I think, for us, I hope, for us as a church to, to come together to, to see not just the biblical foundation for our strategy, right, but, but to, to seek what's next. Again, to seek the Lord, right, about, God, what do you want to do? Not just this next year, but what do you want to do, you know, I mean, onward, right? What's the role for our church? Where, you know, again, seeing where God has brought us to this point and now where God wants to take us. And as, as we kick this off and to say is that this, again, this is a message series that we've gone through before. Yeah, this is one we, we, in fact, we go through it every two, two or three years, okay? Just to remind us, right? For, for those that have been around, right, and been here for longer than a few years, you've heard this before. If you've been through Journey Class 1, you've heard this before. <laughs> but the reason I want to go back to it is just to say, to remind us, right, for those that have heard it before, to just motivate and remind of, hey, this is why we're doing what we're doing. Okay, this is our mission. This is our goal. If you haven't heard it before, if you're new to the church or, or just, um, again, missed it before, right, or haven't been to a Journey Class, then, then um, you get to hear a little bit of the heart behind what you see and what you experience, we hope. And now, again, throughout, um, throughout the last several years, right, there's, um, we've been through a lot of changes. We've seen God come in a lot of ways, and we've seen a lot of growth, and we've seen um, some frustrating times, right? We've, we've seen all, all of the above. And, and, and so to start, kick this off this time when we go through this series, I just want to take a moment and just kind of step back, because, again, some of you guys lived this story with me. And there's many others in the room that, that might not even know, like, when we came to this church or where it was at or what God's done in those last years. Uh, so I want to you know, kind of step back for a moment and just look at where, where we've come from. Hey, uh, uh, to tell you is that in my office, you've been in my office, you've seen this sign. Okay, this sign is on the wall behind my desk, okay? And it's there. Again, this sign was made for me by a friend when we came here. Okay, because um, the, this was not my idea. That's what this says. Okay, this was not my idea. And to say that is, again, coming to pastor this church was not my idea. Right? In fact, um, I got a phone call, right? Um, a random cold call, actually, from that man right there. Right? And he said, hey, we are looking for a new pastor. We think you might be good would you think about applying to lead? And I told you, no. <laughs> I said, thank you, but no thank you. Right, that moment where I was at in my life was, again, I just started a new position at the church I was at. I was six months into that position. Right, like um, Maureen loved her job. We loved our house. Our, the boys were thriving. We were super content. Right, and then 
I got that phone call. And I'm like, and Larry accepted my answer, but you asked me to pray about it before I completely rejected it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm a pastor. I guess I should do that. Right, so I did. Again, fast forward, long story short, right? You end up, obviously, end up coming here. This is my first lead pastor role. And, and again, we came here, and, and again, and I literally stood on the stage the first Sunday here as the pastor of what, of Oregon Trail then, right, and said, this was not my idea. And with that, I said, but what I, this was not my idea, but I didn't plan to come here, but I do know that God wants me here, right? And that, we had already figured that part out, right? Not just from my side and also from from the church side, right? We knew, okay, God wants me here. And then I said, the next thing I said at that point, I said, now we have to figure out why. What are we going to do now that I'm here? Right, and um, again, at that time, right, I, I called us all together as a church and to say that um, we are going to pray, right? And we are going to pray and ask God, what do you want for this church? And as we um, go through this series together, okay, we're going to look at everything that came out of that process in the summer of 2015. We came together as a church and we prayed. And we came up with this new vision and mission, this strategy, these, these core values. And over the past seven years, we've seen God work in incredible ways through this strategy and these core values. Over these years, we've all journeyed through lots of changes. Some of these things have worked out well. Some of them worked fine for a season and then didn't work. Some of them just plain failed. We've tried lots of different things over the last seven years. But during that time, my constant prayer as your pastor is that we would fulfill everything God needs us to do as a congregation. And that within his plan that he would build his kingdom in this community using us and other believers in this community. And again, I want to hold everything with open hands to the Lord and be obedient to his voice. And again, even with that said, even as we look back at 22, right, we saw, again, still some big changes in 2022. And we're still in the midst of some big changes, Right? And all those things have been the result of that same prayer. Right? Of, of holding all of it with open hands to the Lord and saying, God, it's your church. It is your mission, and we will be obedient to you. And with that said, <laughs> that is, is I once again want to call us together as a church. As we start 2023. I want to call us together in prayer. Because we, again, like I said, are still in the midst of some big changes. And I 100% believe that these are strategic actions to further our mission and reach as a congregation to be true to what God has called us to do. Again, we had the name change just last year. Right? We're in the midst of the opening the daycare. We have some proposed bylaw changes right, that we're talking about at our upcoming annual meeting. I want to call us together once again as a congregation to prayer and and ask you to pray with me 
that God would direct this next year as we strive to fulfill everything that God needs us to do. What do we need to do as a congregation? What do we need to do as individuals in our own faith journey? Right, what do we need to do for those around us? Right, what conversations do we need to have? What do I need to change in my own faith? Right, like what, who do I need to invite? Right, who do I need to pray for? Okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to do as a part of this church? What do I need to do in the community? What do I need to do in my family? What do I need to do in my job? Hey, I want to call us all together in prayer. And, and so as we kick off this series this morning, I want to do the same thing I did in July of 2015, we were here in the very first time that we started looking at all of this. And that is, we're going to pray together right now. Okay, so will you pray with me? Lord God, we come to you. God, as your, as your children as your servants. God, with our hearts surrender to you. And God, we want to start off this year as a congregation together in unity, in prayer, seeking your face, seeking your will. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would speak. Lord, I pray, God, that you would guide. Lord, that you would provide that you would open the right doors and you would close the wrong ones. God, that you would help us to see what, what you see. And God, give us the courage to be obedient, to follow through with what you direct. And God, I pray, Lord, for your spirit to move. Lord, move in the hearts of everyone here. Lord, in the hearts of everyone online. Lord, in the hearts of those that aren't here. God, in the hearts of those in this community, God, that don't know you. God, I pray, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to rule in our minds and our hearts, to rule in this congregation. Lord, to expand your kingdom in this community. And God, use us for your glory and your purposes. Lord, show us what we need to do as a church. Show us what we need to do as individuals. Lord, in our own faith journey. Lord, and how to help each other move forward closer to you. God, help us every day to be more like you than we were the day before. God, to be obedient to your voice. And Lord, fulfill the role you've given us to do. Lord, we praise you, God, for saving us. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit and your presence with us no matter what we face. Even when we make mistakes and things fail, God, you're with us, and we praise you for that. God, I ask now, God, that you would open our eyes and our hearts and our minds, God, to everything you need us to see. Bring us together as your church. Not just faith journey, God, but your church. God, to take your gospel to this world. In Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen. All right. Are you ready to jump in? So the vision and mission of Faith Journey Church is join the journey. 
We are on, all on a faith journey, right? God, we are on a journey through life, right? The, really, the ultimate question isn't whether we're on a journey. The question is, what's the destination? Right, where are we headed? <laughs> right, where are we going? Again, if you think about this, you know, again, the journey of faith, we want people to join in with God's journey, right? God's plan to save the world. In fact, we, we see God's mission, right? The mission of the church. I mean, we, again, we just celebrated Christ, right? Through the Christmas season. We celebrated the Messiah and all that he does, you know, in our lives and, and how he saves us, right? And makes us new and, and anoints us for a new life. And we start this new journey towards him. And again, we see Jesus live that life. And then he raised up his, this, the first leaders, right? The disciples. And he anointed the apostles and said, now you will go. And then he gave them this charge. Okay, at the end of Matthew 28, it's recorded in verses 19 and 20, okay, where he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and, and, he, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Again, these are the words of Jesus, right, before he ascended to heaven and he passed the baton to us, to the church. Yeah, this is a very famous passage. This is one that, that you, you've probably seen it in, in every church, right? That you're saying, because this is the job description of the church. Okay, and, and as we see it, again, this is also you know, known as the biblical definition of evangelism. Right? We will go into all nations, right? And share the gospel. Now, as we look at, at these probably familiar verses. But I, I just want to point out, right, that of the different demographics of people that Jesus describes in the Great Commission. In fact, I've underlined them for you on the outline. If the first demographic is the nations, right? I mean, the world, right? Everybody. Now, again, this still, even as we look at our statistics in 2023, right, is, is that the, mo- the majority of the world are non-believers, the nations, right? People ultimately that don't know Christ. And now if we are, again, successful in this mission, right, in spreading the gospel, the nations will move from nations to become new disciples. And in order to join the journey of faith at that point, we receive Christ as our Savior, right, and start to, this new journey of faith as we grow and learn and about ourselves and about who God is and about what we're supposed to do. And, and here we're told to continue on that journey, right, to, to mature those new disciples into disciples. Not new anymore, right, but into disciples. And then continuing that, right, to get to the place in our own spiritual journey, our own spiritual maturity, right, that we can teach, about God, about the Bible. Again, if we know something that the nations don't know, right, then we're supposed to pass it on. As we see these demographics of people, notice Jesus describes, right, literally um, a few different things about that we need to understand about the Great Commission, right? The first thing is that we are supposed to journey forward in our faith. We're supposed to journey forward. We're supposed to continue to, to grow, right? We're supposed to continue to, to learn new things, right? To, to move closer and closer to Christ. Okay, our faith is supposed to mature. Okay, in fact, um, yeah, that's one of the things that hope, right, envision for this journey, right, is, and for this church is that this is a congregation that is growing, 
Not just growing numerically, right, in attendance numbers, but, but growing in our faith, growing in our understanding and our maturity. Okay, that our faith is going somewhere because we're supposed to be journeying forward towards the cross, right, towards Jesus. We're supposed to be transformed by God. And the reality is, no matter how long you have been a follower of Jesus, is your journey's not over because you're still here. Right? Your growth is not supposed to end right, until you are face-to-face with Jesus. Right? And that's when that transformation is complete, and then you start your heavenly journey. Right? So if you're still breathing, you're supposed to still be growing. And, again, and I'll tell you just my own testimony. Right? I've been a Christian since I was six years old. I've been studying the Bible, you know, well, the last part of my life more so than the first part. Right? But I will tell you, as I still, I learn something new every day in Scripture. It is, again, I've not reached the end of that, right? And I want to continue to grow. Okay, we learn, again, from the Great Commission that we are supposed to journey forward in our faith. Okay, we also learn, again, as this is described as the biblical definition of evangelism, right? but we also learn from, from the Great Commission that the church needs to focus on discipleship and evangelism. Okay, because the only way that we continue to grow in our faith is if we learn new stuff, right? And we're, again, continue to grow. And again, evangelism is important, right? And evangelism is spreading the gospel to those that don't know it, right? And we have to do that. In fact, we see that's, that's the very start of it, right? Is to go into the world, spread the news, right? Help people find Jesus. And we need to that, but, but we also need discipleship, right? In fact, they feed each other. Because the more that I learn about God, the more that I learn about me, right, through the process of discipleship, the more that I know how much everyone else needs him. Right? And the more that it motivates me, the more I experience God's love, the more that it motivates me to share God's love with those who don't have it or don't know it. Right? And the more that I grow in my faith, the more that it prompts me to share it. Right? And not even necessarily share it through preaching or teaching somebody, but to share it through living my life a different way. Right? And the more that I do that, right, the, the more that we hope, I hope people find Christ right, because of me. Right? The more that I practice evangelism in my life, and the more that people find Christ, right, when I see God then transform their life and save them, right, the more that it motivates me to keep growing. <laughs> right? And the reality is, is in my own observation, right, and maybe yours as well, there's a lot of churches that are good at evangelism, but usually stink at discipleship. Right? There's other churches that are really good at discipleship, but in a lot of ways stink at evangelism. Right? And yet, Describing the Great Commission, I hope that faith journey can be a place where we're good at both. I think that's what Jesus calls us to. The reality is you can't have one without the other. And, and, and again, how do we continue to do this? How do we fulfill this? Keep moving. Well, the, the last thing that, right, that we learn here is just that we're not on this journey alone. Right? That we have this community together, right? I mean, now, first off is we're not alone because Jesus is with us. That's exactly what he says, right? That's the last encouragement. I am with you always. <laughs> Praise God. Right? And a lot of times that's what sin does, right? Is it isolates you, right? It, it pushes God away, 
right? and, and as well as it pushes others away. Right? So God is always with us, but also the church is with you. That's what the church is about, right? is, is the community of believers coming together to help each other. To help each other spiritually, emotionally, physically, you know, all the ways we need it, right? We are not in this journey alone. Okay, as we see this again, this, this vision and mission of joining the journey, we've come up with this strategy. Okay, and, and with these kind of tr- typical right, growth steps along the faith journey. Okay, and it starts out um, with people attending. Right, we hope that you'll start attending. You start to hear about who God is. Right, to, to be exposed to God and to his gospel. Right, then as we start attending, we hope that you'll find Christ and you will start to grow in your faith. Right, and, the more, and as you grow, right, you start to, to be transformed by God's spirit and, and, and you know, move forward like closer and closer to Christ and as God molds and and takes things out of your life and fill your heart and mind with more things of him, right, then we also know that we are created for a purpose, and that purpose is, is to serve God in ministry, right? And anything we do that gives God's glory is a ministry. Okay, and that can happen in the walls of the church and, and serving in the church. It happens it's serving in our community, in our families, in our jobs, in our neighborhoods, right? Anything you do that gives God's glory is service and ministry. And, and so do it in his name, right? For his glory, not my own. Right? And the more that we grow in our faith and, and the more that, that, that we start to hear God's voice and he, we start to, to understand those idiosyncrasies of our personality and our spiritual gifts and, and all those kinds of things, right? The more that God will lead us to the place where he needs us to lead, right? And we step up to higher levels of responsibility as God opens the right doors, Right? And, and again, as we move forward, as we mature in our faith, we get to the place, right, where we can truly fulfill what the Great Commission tells us to do, and that is to be a disciple who helps make other disciples, right? And we mentor someone, and we encourage them, right, and pray for them, and, and help, help them, hold them accountable, and help them move forward in the journey as they help us move forward in ours. Again, as we look at this strategy, right, and, and just, again, everything we do, every program, every group, every event, is a, fits into this strategy, right, of how do we move people forward. And we understand, right, that the kind of the umbrella over the entire thing is that we start out consuming the things of the Lord. Right? And, there's, and we need to do that. We need to learn about who God is and about how he made us and his whole design. Right? And we saw that, but the, there's a problem if we, if we only consume. Right? As we continue to move forward, we need to move to the place where we not only consume, but we start to contribute towards God's kingdom. And as we, as we do that, though, again, there's, we can't just stop there. We don't stop there, right? In fact, the, the more, just like evangelism and discipleship, the more that we contribute, the more that we learn about ourselves and the more that God can bless our lives and, 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 and show us new things, right? And, and so uh, as I contribute, right, then I continue to consume the things of God and, and what he's showing me. And again, these two things need to coexist in our lives, especially within the community of the church. Right, because the reality is, if all you do is consume, your faith will get stagnant. Right, if all you do is contribute, you will get burnt out. They, they feed each other. 
right? And we need to start this ongoing cycle of our lives and of our faith. Now, these, these journey classes that we talk about, these are spiritual growth classes. Again, they're not required that you have to take them, but they are designed to help you to be the bridge to the next step in the journey. Right? If you feel yourself even stagnant or burnt out, I encourage you, again, go back through them, right? Reach out, right? Find a place. All right, and that's where if we join the journey of faith, right, and, and get that, then, then we need to stay in the journey. Right, and we do that, again, through these same strategies. So as we see this, you know, these, this plan, this strategy, right, of what our church is going to do and, 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 again, how we kind of frame everything, right, what's the next step in my journey, how does this practically play out in my life? Hey, well, now I want to read um, another uh, very familiar passage, probably for a lot of us, but it comes from uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Uh, and then we're going to skip down from there, um, 1 and 2, to verse uh, 21. Romans 12, 1, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind you will find acceptable, and this is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And verse 21 says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Now, as we read these verses, again, these verses are traditionally known as the biblical definition of discipleship. You know, as we look at these verses, though, we understand, though, and see that it actually starts with worship. Right? This passage tells us this is the way to truly worship God. Right? And there's some, some, a few things I want to point out about true worship. Okay? The first thing that we learn from this passage, and as true worship is defined by this scripture, is the first thing that we do to worship is fully surrender to God. Okay, now this happens first when you first join the journey of faith, when you first realize, right, that God um, sent Jesus, that he was the Messiah, that he lived us in this life, died, rose again, and I can be saved, and I receive him into my life, and I surrender to him for the first time, and I let him in, right? That's when I can say I've become a Christian, right? And I, and I, I receive that forgiveness and that grace and, and that mercy, right? And, and my relationship with my creator is restored, Right, is, is fully surrendered to God. But, then, but again, this is, right, this is a continual process, right? I have to continue to surrender. Right, just as this passage says, he says, you know, we do this right, by being a living and holy sacrifice. And you know, the, this is a very interesting phrase, <laughs> one we could dive a lot deep into, but the reality is it, that, that's an oxymoron. Right? Sacrifices, by definition, are not living and they're also not holy. Right? But Jesus makes those things into living and holy, which is exactly what he does with us. Right? As we are that sacrifice, right, then he makes us alive and he makes us holy. Right? As a part of this transformation process on the spiritual journey. Right? We fully surrender by God. But again, by definition, a sacrifice is dead. Right? And anything of this world isn't holy. But they are only possible because of Jesus. 
Because he breathes life into dead things and he redeems fallen things into holy things. Right? But it starts with surrender. Do I fully surrender to God's spirit, to God's will, to his love? The second thing that's described about true worship is that it's motivated by God's love. It's motivated, right? Why do we do this? Because of all he has done for you. Right? Because Christ did it first. He loves you first. Right? And he leads the way, right? He, he is, he's done it for you. God loves you so much that he sent his son to earth to die on a cross, knowing that we didn't ask for it, and in fact, we didn't even want it. Yet. Right? But he did it because he loves us. Right? And true worship is motivated by love. Right? It's us loving God back. The third thing we learn about true worship is that I will let my thoughts and my actions be transformed. My thoughts and my actions. Right? He says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. Right? But be transformed. Right? By the renewing of your mind. Or the NLT version says, by changing the way you think. Okay, by, by being transformed by God's Spirit. Transformation is a process. It is a part of the journey. We are not done transforming until we are face-to-face -face with Jesus when our faith journey completes and our heavenly journey begins. Again, if you're still breathing, you are still being transformed by God. And then the, the last thing we learn, right, from this passage about true worship is that we will trust God's leading. Right? Trust God's leading. It says, what the passage, the verse says, it says, then you will learn to know God's will. Right? And that when God speaks, right, you'll learn to hear his voice. And when he speaks, you will trust what he says. Right? Part of the journey is learning to recognize God's voice. Why can we trust God's voice when we hear it? Well, because his, his will is good and pleasing and perfect. Right? But we also learn from Scripture that there are lots of voices in this world and we can't trust them all. They're not all God's voice. Right? And that's a part of our journey, right, is learning to decipher God's voice. In fact, Jesus talks about it in John, right? He says, no, you'll only follow my voice because you're my sheep and you know my voice. Right, and that's a part of this transformation journey right, that we're on, is learning to hear God's voice, to recognize God's voice, and then follow only God's voice. And this is the biblical definition of discipleship. The reality is if we really do this, I mean really do it, not like say, yeah, I'm going to do it. I mean like actually do it. Right, like actually follow through. Hey, do the best we can, and when we mess up, we, we go, go back and, and confess and do better next time. Well, if we really do this as individuals and together as a community within this church, then evangelism is naturally going to happen, right? Because the world will notice, hey, there's something different about that person, right? There's something different about that congregation. There's something different about that event, right, or whatever. Hey, again, they will feed each other. I want to look at one last verse before we conclude this morning, and that's 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. 
where it says, but even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Don't be worried or afraid. I mean, that's what this verse says. Don't be worried or afraid. Now, if you look around our world, read the headlines, talk to people at the mall. If you still go to the mall, maybe you, maybe you just do all your shopping on Amazon, which that's what I do. But if you actually talk to people, realize this world is more full of worry and fear now than it ever has been. Hey, but he says, don't be worried, don't be afraid. Instead, worship Christ. Instead, worship Christ. And if you do that, people are going to ask you, aren't you worried or afraid? No. Because I serve a God that's bigger than all that. Right? And he's transforming my life and my spirit. And he gives me hope and he loves me even when I mess up. And I'm surrounded by a community of people that are doing the same. Right? And so that if I do get worried or afraid, right, I know where to go, right? And realize, go back, everything, right? I'm not alone. God's with me. I'm, I'm in a community of believers, right? We're all being transformed by God's spirit. We're moving forward in our journey. Right? Again, everything we do as a church should be adding someone, adding to someone or moving them forward in their journey. Every service, every program, every event, Every expenditure, every change is how can we accomplish this better? And like I said, over the last seven years, there have been a lot of changes. Right? One of the things that we committed to as a church was that the, our core values would always be true, that those will never change. And that's what we're going to do in the next four weeks is we're going to go through each of those core values. Right, again, I, and they're on your bulletin, right? They're, they're on the wall in the foyer. They're, they're on the wall downstairs. They're everywhere to remind us of what they are, but in case you haven't seen them or you need reminded, I would tell you core value number one, Jesus Christ is the destination of our journey. Core value number two, scripture is our foundation and roadmap for our journey. Core value number three, all generations contribute to the journey. And core value number four, everyone is welcome in the journey. As we think again, we dive into those through the next few weeks, as we continue to pray together as a church, right, my, my hope and prayer is that God will continue to unite us together as a body of believers, that he will motivate us and, and inspire us to just do it more than we're already doing it, right, and that we will see God's spirit move and transform each of us and this congregation, and this community more than we've ever seen before. And our, my final thought for you this morning is this. Our goal is to move forward in our own journey and help others in their journey through discipleship and evangelism. Where are you at on your journey, and what is your next step? Again, if you've never received Christ as your Savior... I'll tell you, the next step for you is, is to surrender your heart to Christ for the first time. Invite him into your life. 
Okay, and start moving on this journey with his power, not your own. Okay, if you have received Christ your Savior, again, are, are you stagnant? Right? Are you burnt out? Right? What's, what do you need to do? Right? What's the next step? Right? Maybe just be obedient to what God's leading you to do. Right? Maybe that's me leading you to volunteer. Maybe he's telling you to, to resign. Right? Maybe he's telling you to, to, to commit to something new, to come to a small group, to go to, to a journey. Maybe you need to come forward and pray at the altar for the first time. Right? Maybe you need to come over to this side and, and have somebody pray over you. Right? Or help you receive Christ. Again, what, uh, I don't know what your next step is. I don't know, everybody's journey is a little bit different. But I know that God wants you to move forward. Lord God, that is our prayer today. Lord, that is our prayer that you would lead us, Lord, into your love. Lord, that you continue to transform our hearts and our minds. God, that we can be living in holy sacrifices for you. And God, that we will live out our faith every day. Lord, with the confidence that comes with your spirit. And God, that in the midst of that, God, that our lives and our faith will also be noticed by others. God, that they will be drawn to you because of us. Lord, our heart and our, our desire, God, is that you are glorified, that your kingdom is built. Lord, as we live our lives for you and not for ourselves. God, guide us as individuals. Guide us as a church. Lord, into this next year. We love you. We praise you for saving us. We praise you for transforming us. We praise you, God, for your spirit and its work in each of us, in our, in our church, in our world, Lord. And Lord, as we go this week, Lord, as we take your light into this dark world, Lord, may it shine. It shine through our worship, through our service, through our leadership, through our relationships, through everything we do, may you be glorified. In Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen.